So I think I, I think I found a new favorite beer. This is pretty great. Would you yeah, find it me? is not a sponsor, but I it, is not, still a, it is not a sponsor. But uh, if it would like to be, Kent- Kentucky Bourbon Barrel, uh, vanilla vanilla barrel cream ale, vanilla vanilla barrel cream ale. Yeah, I was um, just gonna make up a name for it. Uh, Kentucky Cream Soda Beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nolan. Create your own little, like, cream soda thing. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, somebody beat me to the punch of <laughs> making the beer that I would make. If I right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fine. This, this beer tastes... If you want to know what Nolan tastes like, then this is the beer for you. This is exactly... I haven't even tasted it yet, but yeah. yes, this is exactly what Nolan tastes like. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yep. It is sweet sipping. Some sweet sipping. I tell you what. I tell you what. It's got a nice uh, picture of a horse on it. Yep. Kentucky, the land of a thousand horses. Speaking of horses, and arguably Kentucky, but we'll get to that later. Mm. Um, Oh. Yeah. The Heartlands. Well, Eric. Everyone calls their area of the country the heartlands. I don't think that necessarily. See, that part I don't really think. I don't think that would be that would be Kentucky. But it seems just like just north of Lemoyne is where I would like yeah, see, with the river and the Well, yeah. well obviously when you get up there and you get into like coal country, so you're getting into Appalachia and stuff. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. the area that I'm thinking of. So yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah, we're gonna have some fun as we talked about last week. We're gonna talk about uh, Red Dead Redemption Two and gonna do like a chronological discussion of that. But uh, before we do that, I figure we might as well talk about the Bad Batch um, because it's fresh on the brain. It's fresh on the brain, and honestly, this was probably—I don't want to say it was like it was a weak episode. I but looked on the IMDb page when I was looking up one of the, the voiceover actors. Yeah. And, uh, whereas most of the episodes have like an 8.5 mm-hmm. or higher, this one has a 6.6. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like using, using the word um, because it's like, it's so, f- it doesn't usually apply to things in, you know, in Western fiction. But it, f- it was the closest thing to filler. That I would have like because yeah. I can't like they in, they basically ended up in the same spot they started in both as characters and in the plot so you yeah. know I would say Sid got a little development yeah I would yeah. I would say I would say so but yeah I guess that's fair she hasn't really expressed any like actual like desire to uh, risk herself right for yeah anybody else yet it's always been okay yeah she's at first, she was Han Solo at the beginning of episode four. But right. now she's Han Solo at the beginning of episode six. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Just to put it in Star Wars terms. Right. But yeah, I, but on that, like, I do think that, like, my like my issue with, like, words like filler or Mary Sue or something is, like, they get so far removed from their actual original definition but the connotation still still remains. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Yeah. Um like if you're not talking about about anime based on a manga that has to fill a like has to 
cover time so the manga can catch up with new material to base the anime off of. And you're just saying that fill. Then what is the definition of of filler? You know, just slow episodes, slow episodes, episodes that don't move the plot forward or whatever. Like yeah, it's like bottle episodes. Right, right, bottle episodes. That's that's fine, but that doesn't really. Then that doesn't mean the same thing. Like it doesn't have the same impact as like just you know, uh, like I think this episode still had more value than say, um, Riker going to get his license. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. So. Oh, but what if? Would you oh, yeah, see Wrecker, see. like, just trying not to be angry and violent in the middle of the DMV line? Right. And and also, like, well, that brings into, like, w- what is the purpose of the of the show? You know, like, the definition of filler should probably be defined in terms of, like, what the show is trying to do. Because, yeah, obviously... Yeah. We did have, like, an Ernest Goes to Ryloth kind of two episodes yeah. recently... Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like that. You could say it, it advanced the plot, but more so just connected other I think that, characters. like, you're talking, like, the first part of the Ryloth duology thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the second half with Crosshair kind of developed all that stuff. Right. With, uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's that was just necessary to just... There wouldn't have been... To do it all in one episode would kind of have to rush through establishing the geopolitics of Ryloth at the time. So it's like, yeah, I felt like watching episode 11 that it was uh, like, why the the fuck am I spending so much time away from Omega and the boys? But then it it makes sense once it all kind of comes together in the next episode. Yeah, trust the plan. Right. (laughs) And with that, like... um, their episodes in Clone Wars and especially in Rebels, since Rebels is way more chronological, that um, feel like filler and bullshit and then end up being way down the line. Like, there's a really, really key example, but if you guys haven't watched all of Rebels yet, I won't give it away, but there's a really key example of uh, of an episode that you think what is, like, in the middle of, of a major arc, you're like, what the hell is this episode doing here? And then it comes comes back in in a big way towards the end of the series. So I would have, you know, I would have hope that the same thing would happen here. But I don't really have all that much to say about this episode because yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I agree. I liked... Uh, like I like Sid's participation, but I already kind of. I already liked Sid. Already likes. Already liked Sid. I already liked her like relationship with Omega. Yeah, I feel like she didn't really need to. Um, you know, I she didn't need redeeming. Right. You know, she was just gray enough to where it. You know, it was fine if she moved in either direction. You could uh, you could explain it just based off of like the self preservation motive. Right. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. No, she. Um, she, right? Yeah. Sid is she? Yeah. Okay. The, I think that's what threw the batch in the first episode Episode she's in, because they assumed that Sid was a, was a he, and uh, props to them for being able to tell when they walked into the bar that Sid was a she, because I just, species-wise, I wouldn't yeah. have guessed without her, without her voice. Um, right. And then Omega was like, you're a Sid. So I think, like, yeah. So they assumed, but 
Sid's always been called she in the show, and I, I mean, I guess with lizard people or whatever, is she, is she a transdotion? I don't know, but with like lizard type people in the Star Wars universe, they still um, abide by human centric like uh, phenotypes oh. and sexes and stuff. Because you know, if it was like more accurate, then like uh, like a fucking crocodilian type lady like her would be hermaphroditic, right? Yeah. Like probably. Lizards are weird. Lizards are weird. Oh, they're forgotten by God. I think we can go that far. Right. Well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> like they like crocodiles have sur- have survived like how many fucking apocalypses because God just forgot them at the bottom of the Nile River. That it's, is it's true. It's tragic, but it's survival. Read your Bible. Right. Uh, but yeah, any other uh, any other th- other thoughts or anything that stood out to y- stood out to you in the in the episode? Um, I I liked the uh, calm determination that uh, Tech can summon to uh, create a bomb on the fly. Right. It's yeah, a nice light bomb. Yeah. Fucking flashbang. Yep. Yeah. It's a nice quality to have, I think. Yeah, it's what I look for in, in my friends. So you're just gonna say in a man. <laughs> Well, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Um, the scene at the end I want to touch on where um, oh yeah, Omega <laughs> insists that, uh, what was his name? Hunter Biden? Some <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland Durand. Roland Durand. Got it. Right. <laughs> Duran Duran. Yeah. Um, Roland J.C. Forey, played by Duran Duran. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> when, uh, what are those aliens called? Oh, the, um, uh, the Pikes. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> the uh <laughs> the money hungry <laughs> bug like aliens called the Pikes. Got it. Got it. Okay, um fuck. Uh <laughs> when when that connection yeah, I'm no. so confused. Um we can talk about it later. I think this is just uh, another example of your purity in the right. face of uh historical genocide. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, uh, so when the pi- one of the Pikes is about to, what we assume is decapitate Roland, Omega's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> don't send him to the outback. <laughs> no, uh, fucking. And uh, obviously the, the bug person is like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And then Hunter <laughs> afterwards <laughs> yeah. asks her. Oh yeah, and he ends up not decapitating uh, Roland. He just cuts off a horn, and uh, I wonder if that's gonna come back at all. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, surely. He's a unicorn. Yeah. I I can't imagine what having one horn would be like, because you'd constantly be compensating for like the weight of it. Right. You'd be like tilting your head always, trying to get trying to get a good angle. That is true. You're gonna also have to explain to everyone why some like your horn got cut off. Yeah. That. But I do wonder how much, like, how much they, w- how much they weigh. Like, if it'd be that much of a difference, if they're basically like hollow or like, you know, yeah. like it didn't yeah. look hollow, but he was able to cut through it very, very easily. Exactly. Yeah. I probably not thick material, but who knows? Who knows what that blade's made out of? Right. That is true. Um, but also, uh, like, you can notice, like, even when you just get a haircut, like, yeah, 
when I woke up from one of my my drastic haircuts, you know, you just like your head just sort of flies off the off the pillow because mm-hmm. you're compensating for the or you're not compensating for the lack of hair like that. Like I don't know if I ever noticed that. It's fine. Maybe it's just me. But uh, anyway, um, Omega's like, no, maybe you shouldn't decapitate this person <laughs> in front <Right>. of me. <laughs> and uh, it's like, why Hunter's not? Like, yeah, Hunter's like, why? Why'd you stick up for it? <laughs> 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 like it shows some. You've seen death. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're Hunter, hungry likes him. The grown man with a skull tattoo on the side yeah. of his face. <laughs> Asking a child why she didn't want to see a murder performed in front of her child eyes. <laughs> I don't think we get a satisfying answer from Omega, really. No, we really <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby likes him. Yeah. This. D- <laughs> Can you imagine, like, being convinced, n- like, oh, shit, you're, like, about to pull the switch on somebody who's condemned to die by the state. Yeah. And you notice, like, a fly land on his hand and <laughs> just kind of chill for a second. <laughs> and instead of, like, swatting it, he just sort of <laughs> shakes <laughs> it off with his unshackled hands for some reason. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, the fly likes him. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking it would be more along the lines of, like, a cat or a dog. Right. Not yeah. a fly. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. It was <laughs> just an animal, you know, like. S- seeing that there was good in somebody and then... You know. Well, that's what kids are for. Yeah, I think. I mean, I obviously am siding with Omega <laughs> on this in terms of not yeah, wanting to right. cut yes. somebody's head off for also, a bad deal. I also think that, like, that it probably was like that's a post hoc rationalization, and it probably was just yeah. more of a yeah. I don't. Wa- there's no need to see this guy killed. You know, yeah. like. And then when Hunter's like, why? She's just like, what the fuck do you mean, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you guys haven't been out of a uh, murder camp long, but uh, not into it. That is basically what clone, like the clone army was. It's just like and fucking. That's basically what an murder army camp? is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. pretty much the army is just like murder camp for right. boys, or at least it was <laughs> until. It still is. Right. Yeah, so now it's murder and rape camp for boys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's there is an epidemic of sexual assaults in the U.S. military. Just Yeah. Women are being murdered for it. Always. Always. Well, as long as, you know, women have been allowed in the, in the military. Yeah. Absolutely. It's and they're just, like, going after, like, more and more women, too, because they need to apparently keep a certain number enrolled or whatever. I don't so know. Like I don't they're think going that's like. Uh, I don't understand why th- why there isn't just. And I'm sure there is a pipeline like here, but just like the army should just be the next thing after Eagle Scouts. Oh my god! It is, isn't it? Right. Well, basically, like, you know yeah. the the guys at the. Because I'm fine losing them. <laughs> <laughs> the guys in the reserves, like they're they. They'll go online and add people on Facebook and, like, message them about joining the army. Yeah, no, I, I, just for taking the ASVAB and doing well, I got fucking messages for years and years. After oh, that. yeah, same. Uh, yep. Someone texted, texted, messaged me on, like, Facebook a couple weeks ago asking if I was interested. Really? In, in which branch? 
Just the army. Just the army. Uh, there's a recruiter immediately next door to us. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why I said it. Hmm. Uh, it's fine. We're bugged. Yeah. Regardless. They're nice. Yeah, that's a word. Uh, some of them. So anytime I've been in there, they've been really nice. I yeah, because they want you to sign up. Exactly. That is true. They told me I could play guitar in the military. Oh yeah. <laughs> you should have asked them like, how, like what kind of kill count you can get with a guitar. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> Am I gonna get like uh, deadly levels of amplification? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you gonna become like major bass on like My Hero Academia? What? What? Major what? Was his name Major Bass or the microphone guy? I don't, on think my hero major, I don't think it's major bass. Probably not, now that I'm thinking about it. But that's an it. awesome name. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? That sounds like a jam band. <laughs> major bass. There you go. Speaking of, did you do that? Do what? That finish? No. Okay. Um, that was actually one of the uh, army guys. Oh. Yeah. Neat. It is pretty cool, isn't it? Excited to see him wasting his life. That's that's really good. Yeah. It's pretty neat, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're going to, you know. Assemble the rest of it. Right. Put it out there. He did the finish on that one, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But bursts are hard. Yeah. He was talking a lot about all the issues he had with it and that he actually isn't happy with the final product because of the quality of the paints. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Still, it looks cool. Yeah. I would, I'd really love, I want to fuck. I want to buy burst. What is that? Like, like the like by lighting, like the like. Oh yeah, the like like the pink and the mm-hmm. the violet or whatever. Yeah. The yeah the violet and the fuchsia or whatever. I don't know what those colors are. Magenta. Magenta. That's what it is. Wait, uh, the magenta is the pink, right? Mm-hmm. And the violet's the blue. Yes. Purple-y? Yeah. Yeah. It's Violet indigo somewhere yeah. in that yeah. spectrum. It's like if you want to go with the stages that my hair were. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Not the really greenish blue. Yeah. Like the the middle blue in your hair is. Yeah. 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 And then the end at the beginning was that like purpley pink magenta color. Yeah. Yeah. We almost had uh we had kind of by lighting for the uh, video version of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a little while. We had pseudo buy. That uh, was more uh, binary than buy. It's just red and blue. So uh, before we get into the main main discussion, um, so the I guess it was last night or the night before. Um, I I don't know what the fuck I was dreaming about, but I woke up with the memory of. Uh, of having dreamt about a show that I watched as a kid that I couldn't remember like anything about, and the thing is, I remember I remembered it like distinctly, but then like I realized I think I've been dreaming this, and I don't remember like any like details really about it. I 
seemed to remember was like shitty 90s CGI, like Beast Wars kind of style. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I just dreamt it up for the past like 15 years, or I just imagined in my head and I just created the memory oh, of I've having dreamt it up. Yeah. yeah. For the past 15 years. Because so I have like distinct memories of it, but yeah. like trying to trace like where did I see that? Where did that come from? What can you describe any of it? It's like well now it no because it was you know it was a dream. I could barely like remember any of it. It was like very clear in my head. Um, I w- like I kind of remember snow, but I'm not entirely sure if I do. And so I'm like, am I just remembering like my first impression of the RVB Recollections trilogy when I first saw it out of like out of context on in individual episodes on YouTube or uh but it was just a w- just a weird fucking mind mind fuck cuz I hardly ever dream but then like dreaming in that kind of detail of like no I remember remember this I remember like cuz I remembered like the the like the shitty um video host website that I would go to 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 watch it, like, what? And I was like, "Well, what website was it?" Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And like, so I'm like, "Did I make, did I make this up? Did I?" Like your brain's just trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, that'll mem- happen in dreams where you just get like, "No, you remember this. You're you've remembered this for years. Yeah, this right. is common knowledge to you. You'll wake up and you'll be like, "No, I." It's my right. my head isn't a desk or whatever. Right. <laughs> Or, like, I've had so many of those, but it's been, like, you know, something happened to somebody Mm -hmm. that you know, and you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, did that actually, like... Yeah. Like, whenever I was out of town, I've already told you guys this, I thought my little brother was dead, and I was just, like, going through the grief of it for, like, three days before I actually called my mom to talk to her about it. (laughs) Or I, like, finally got home, or and I saw him, or something like that. I don't know. I waited three days, though. Good Lord. (laughs) Just sad. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember uh dreaming that my dog hadn't died and then oh. being upset. <laughs> it turns out she had. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's no fun. And then I had like a dr- a dream memory, I I guess you could call it. A dreamery. A dreamery, yeah. Cause like I was, I was trying to like remember that. Then I remembered like that I had. I've seen. Let's see. I've seen Ava four times, I guess. Uh, Journey's Backyard Barbecue, Love Tour, and then these last two times, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but they've, but they've always. Well, there's one outside. They've always been like indoor shows. I've never seen. Um, I've never seen angels and airwaves in a uh, in an amphitheater, but for some reason, I remembered having seen them in uh in an amphitheater, not a real one, but like uh, the, the the Noble Park. Oh, yeah, and like 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 a small like uh, just like a little community one. Right, That's so cool. Right, uh, but then I was like, no. I'm remembering a dream that I had yeah. like 15 years ago, which is weird how 
Our subconscious hangs on to that. Right. Yeah. Like you're. Like yeah. memory memory is really really fucking weird and like, um. Like your brain does not give a shit about accuracy. It's just gonna fill the gaps with like whatever makes the most sense to you, like where you are now. Yeah, that's why memory is so like troublesome. Right. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to work through like past something like traumas or like just dealing with something. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sucks when like you're six months out of a relationship and you have a dream like where you're still in it. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. <sighs> yeah. Even if you don't like have any desire to get back with them, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. That was. Yeah. That <laughs> was that was another one in in the whole mix. Nine years. Nine, ten years, something like that, and it was like, it was like waking up the next, the very next day, you know, yeah. just like, just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's why, why, where did that come from? Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I normally, I normally don't dream, dream that much, but then sometimes I'd have a shit ton in like one night hmm. and. They're always really, really halfway grounded in a way that they're believable when I wake up. And that's the, like, the worst ones. Hmm. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you 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 dream that you're lizard Elon Musk or something. (laughs) You kind of realize as soon as you wake up, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely not the life that I live. But you have some dream about an old relationship or a, a show you never went to or a show you never saw. And it's like, well, maybe trying to fill the gaps here because that's plausible yeah but anyway so that's that's this week's uh derail into um existential deterioration yeah the first of many oh it always comes up in some fashion or another but as i said um I'm going to talk about some good old-fashioned Wild Bunch game. Oh, yeah. Were you a little confused at first? No. Oh, okay. Uh, really, the f- first one's more more Wild Bunch. This one's more Butch Cassidy Sundance in its, uh, its direct pull. But, yeah, so... Um. So yeah, where to, where to begin? I guess at the beginning, you know, talk about the, uh, uh, the Adler Genesis, the beginnings of uh, Sadie Adler's plotline. Where they just like we come in straight into like a, just a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. So as much as possible, um. We'll pull from uh, actual, like, historical context. Obviously, uh, the Red Dead franchise and um, as much as you can connect it to the greater GTA franchise uh, is set in an alternate uh, America, but it doesn't seem to be in, like, the... um, Oh, the Quentin Tarantino-verse style... Where like, 
a a deviation of history creates an alternate history. Basically, everything seems to happen the same way, just with you know Different names, names yeah. right? Okay, yeah. The stories you're about to hear are true. Only the names and places have been changed. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, so to set the s- set the stage, uh, we're in 1899. Um, turn of the century. The turn. The turn of the century. Uh, we are measles for sale. Measles <laughs> for sale. <laughs> <laughs> We're about uh, 35 years out of the end of the Civil War. We're about uh, 20 years out of the failure of Reconstruction in the South. Um, the era of good feelings. Right. the the home The Homestead Act has uh, has spread um, the the Republican ideal of uh, of American. Giving property to white people, right? <laughs> um, but which you really need to listen to uh, the um, Matt Chrisman and Chris, uh, whatever the fucking Chris's last name is, um, Hell of Presidents podcast. Oh yeah. Um, but because this this week's episode finally got to uh, got to Lincoln in the in the Civil War, and like. The the great contradiction of of American freedom up to uh, up to the Civil War, like the sectional crisis, is what does freedom as property mean? Because in the Southern sense, freedom as property was in the uh, Athenian kind of term of freedom is the ability to um to have at at leisure ev- you know whatever you demand and the yeah. like the lincoln which obviously would have to come through through slavery that's why s- when they say like slavery is synonymous with freedom in the south it's it's true because of their definition of freedom required having that um that labor that yeah. was uh abstracted from from the polity yeah, whereas their, their ideal freedom was sitting on a porch exactly sipping some lemonade right while someone el- sugar lemons and you know water were all sourced from yeah. right the corpses of <laughs> right whereas the thousands of black people the the lincoln uh um definition of of freedom the uh What's what's the fucking name of that? The f- like the free soil definition of of freedom was of a man's ability to sustain himself mm. on a small yeah like that Yeoman you thing. right yeah. that you can you can have your freedom from uh, both market and government intervention by providing for yourself by your own labor on uh on a plot of land and. These are in direct contradiction with each other, and they came into conflict during the uh, the crisis that we remember as the American Civil War. And in their wake, the uh, the Westward expansion saw an explosion of uh, 
of yeoman farmers and, you know, small holders. But also, and before the yeomans could get there, the West saw an ex- an explosion of the Transcontinental Railroad and uh, land speculators looking for silver and coal and all those other things. And, of course, with them came... Uh, Raiders. Right. Well, came the company men, the people like the the Wells Fargo agents, people we remember such as uh, the Earp brothers and, and others from history, and, of course, our beloved Pinkertons. Hmm. And, of course, in this, uh, not everyone is... Uh, is able to adapt to these uh, to the new conditions, and once you get past the uh, what is it, the 99th meridian or the hundredth or whatever, like once. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. I don't yeah. It, right. Well, it, it turns out that the West is not as uh, as fertile as we thought, and <laughs> there is not enough good land for for everyone, and so you. See, and the uh, general lawlessness of the land outside of the aforementioned Pinkerton's company men and the Wells Fargo agents and stuff like such like that, which, as you will notice, are um, have more ties to industry than they do to any sort of Absolutely. proper uh, federal structure of government. Um, there's a lot of, uh, not as much as, you know, as our our post Wild Bill uh, Western idealism says, but there was a bit of of lawlessness in the land, and something that I think is going to come up a lot throughout the discussion of this game is the reality that, uh, like when you look at the Vanderlyn gang uh, as a kind of as a model of of gangs in that era. Um, and even as much as you can tell with the um, uh, O'Driscolls or Del Lobos or whoever else, that the outlaws of the era are disenfranchised, but they are not proletarianized. No. And that is a very important uh, distinction to make. They have not been isolated or alienated from their labor. In fact, their labor is very much shared in in common and is and mm. is the probably the most communal aspect of their right. of their society. Yeah. As industrialization happens, more and more people become proletariat. Mm-hmm. But in that that gap before industry can really start to to take over as the dominant force behind capitalism as opposed to just like the industry of creating the uh infrastructure that that further industrialization will be built upon. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a different animal. And we'll definitely get more into the rise of industrialization when we get to uh, Chapter 4 and talk about Saint-Denis. Because um, uh, it's... What? Yeah, of course. Because it's definitely... Um, could you grab me one, too? Yeah. It's definitely happening in this, in this period. I need you to... Uh, it's still over here. Okay. But it's um, it's still the country is still is still isolated, and this is a quick detour. But I think it's very interesting to think about 
how little of time the United States really spent as a unified, um, like, structure or whatever. Like a real republic? Well, yeah, well, like, where the, like, where you have, like, thriving cities with, lights and roads and you know mm-hmm. like cars and everything in like on on the east coast and you know california and stuff but then like there's like literal like horse and buggy dirt roads and stuff in the in the south and yeah. stuff like up until like basically up until the um the new deal and you have like a major like that major like expanse of um of like electricity and like the TVA and everything, um, there's like just a, such a huge uh, disparity in the like just the conditions of of the of the United States from like one one section to another, and it's like it's it always exists, but there's the the gap finally. Um, lessons a little bit but then like now you know it's well our infrastructure sucks across across the board now but anyway yeah so uh, yeah that's um i, th- I think that's a, g- a good place to like set yeah, our foundation of of like the material reality of of what this video game is uh, right. operating in so yeah. Kind of just like the the setting for the Western ethos, anyway. Right, exactly. It's just it's it's oddly compelling, and it's 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 a conflict that is still being uh, expressed. Although obviously, the you know the law won right. a, in opposition to the force that the Vanderlyn gang you know exemplifies. The the West became. Uh, Tamed, you right? Know, no longer wild, and uh, industry and and honestly, like nothingness, like a like a beigeness to right. like the post-industrial world replaced the like vistas, vistas and visceral like primitive nature of the American right. uh, like prairie, the the West as it as it once was. Really shitty that we've contextualized the like vast expanse of time that uh, Native American um, culture dominated this land as like <laughs> degeneracy and as uh, lawlessness and as uh, 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 savagery. Right when they were clearly more capable of sustainably living in their surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. And like anyone who claimed, oh, but they were they were at war with each other and they enslaved each other. Oh, you mean like every other culture ever? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what what you did to literally every other culture too. Well, I mean maybe yeah. not literally, but not you specifically, probably. Unless we're <laughs> talking like directly to Jeff Bezos or yeah. But the 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 Queen of England, <laughs> we can <laughs> say that too, <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty accurately. But yeah, uh, 
so yeah, I so saw we uh we begin once we uh once we get out of the snow and uh find a place where we can get some shelter. Um and uh and Davy dies. Yep. Um we we set off to find um John and Micah and find Micah and we uh and we go to a little home homestead which I don't know why I never even thought about it out um until this specific playthrough but you just you just fucking steal Sadie's horse or her husband's horse. Yeah. And she never says a goddamn thing about it. That's very yeah. true. The Tennessee Walker. That's yeah. In that barn. Yeah. yeah. So she's going through a lot more to be worried about a horse. Well, yeah, for sure. It could have been one of the gang that was. I guess up so. There. Yeah. Possibly. I'm, right. Yeah. If if I was going to um, like rob a homestead and kill a dude and rape his wife, I would definitely like take the time to saddle my horse in their barn to spite them as well. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I th- what are they going to do? Leave the horse out in the fucking right? Yeah, that's true. Snow? Well, some of them did, right? Anyway, but yeah, so I uh, yeah, I think there's there's definitely cause to believe that that was just Sadie's horse, right? That yeah. you that she loved <laughs> and was her best friend, right? <laughs> and the only and the only fucking thing she had left in this world that you steal and then, um, I never have, but you're encouraged, I guess. To sell. sell the to yeah. sell the horse. Yeah, I never did that either. Yeah. Huh. Uh. Yeah, they are kind of like, wouldn't you like a better horse? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even though Arthur's like, well, kind of like this one. Which uh, I, I usually end up. I mean, I usually I buy one, but it's just the whichever one I can afford. So by the beginning of the game, I have three horses because I have mm. that one, the Shire, and the one that I that I just just bought from the. Where do you get the Shire? The the Black Shire that you, that you um that Hosea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, man. I usually only end up with the, um, the Walker. Like I don't, I don't. Uh, you can let it. I won't go. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I usually, usually don't. Um, the last one that I just finished before we started. Well, I didn't do the epilogue. Uh, I'll go back and finish that. Um, but I didn't get I didn't get a new horse the entire game um, until I think it's I guess it's the horse that I grabbed whenever um, whenever I got back from Guarma. Oh, by the way, there's gonna be major spoilers. Sorry, yeah, play the I game. Mean. is two years old. Uh, it's on. It's on everything. So I'm currently playing the game. Yeah, but you watched him play it before, yeah, so you're you right. yeah. Um, Dutch. <laughs> I also read the wiki. Um, but I got a Hungarian half-bred, which was my favorite Ooh. horse in the original game. But I what is it half-bred with? Do they? No, I don't. Why say. would they? Right. No, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just What's up, guys? I'm half Chinese. <laughs> What's the other half? What? <laughs> I mean, the other the other half could be like. A whole bunch of different things, though. But there's like an entire fifty percent that is Hungarian. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a mutt, other than this very distinct right second half. Right. 
because that's how genetics work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have like, you seen that that uh, illustration of the horse where it's like really detailed on the left and like as it goes <laughs> to the right, it just becomes like a stick drawing? Right. Yes. Yeah. That's basically the uh, genetic material <laughs> comprising <laughs> this horse. Uh, <laughs> but I... I I lean towards Arabians. Yeah, they they're sp- awesome. Yeah, they spook easy, but they they take off mm-hmm. so so good. And they can and they handle so well. Yeah. I I missed my Arabians in the last playthrough, so I'm gonna have to. I hate that you're like at the beginning of the game. Uh, when you go to the um to the O'Driscoll camp, you're like right there next to Lake Isabella. Mm-hmm. But you can't legendary hunt until you go with Hosea. Mm-hmm. So you can't get the white Arabian that's just chilling up there. And it oh it makes me so mad. I'm like I'm right here. Yeah. This is like my this that's that's faith. That's my main horse for like that is I think end. that's the horse. Like yeah. that's oh absolutely the, yeah. Like the horse of the game. Oh absolutely yeah. Um n- like uh, five, six out of seven plays, um, that has been my my main horse um, until I get money, my black Arabian from the Sandini. Either I find it in Sandini if I'm lucky, because you can find one there at night. Uh, like when someone's Where? getting uh, someone's in Sandini, someone's getting robbed somewhere randomly at night and the the robber has a black Ar- arabian that you can yeah. steal if not you can buy one in the stable for a thousand dollars uh in mm-hmm. sandini and Fair enough. um that leads me to believe that robber works at the stable hmm. i should go shoot up the stable <laughs> um which um so yeah we we bring, we find find Sadie, save save her. Mike is an asshole. Definitely trying to rape her, and Def- yeah. yeah, if uh, she wouldn't have killed him, or if uh, you know the other Vanderlind boys hadn't been around. Right. What an awful little bastard. What a terrible piece of shit. Right. Yeah. We'll get into that time and time okay. again. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we might as well make T-shirts that say <laughs> Mike is a piece of shit. Uh, so you know how like, uh, which which JHS uh series three do you have? This is a slight deviation. The compressor and the uh, chorus. Okay, I want to get the distortion because the distortion is uh, was based on the rat. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a rat clone, and I want to get a screen print of Micah. They're perfect for that. Yeah, they're so good for that. First of all, what they're designed for, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like here's a blank fucking pedal. Yeah. It does a cool thing. Put a fucking image on it. <laughs> you still have the the Proco on the shelf, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want to try that at, uh, at practice, see how I, how I feel it. about it. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to have to mess with the filter before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, so we do that, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the first mission of of the game and uh we uh, we establish at least uh i guess four of our main of our main players in this in this drama 
Um, and I wonder, because it's never really brought up again, at least uh, I haven't seen, because even as much as the very last time that I played, again, like seven, eight times playing through this game, um, still finding new like camp dialogue yeah. and, and stuff. So maybe I missed something, but I've never seen like this come up with between Sadie and and Micah again. But I wonder how much of this contributes to Sadie's animosity towards Micah in the in the epilogue because her oh, justification yeah. isn't is entirely in what he did to to Arthur. Yeah, and um and what Arthur would want, which I question her. On that, but we'll get to that. Um, but I do wonder how much. I mean, she can't be like he was in fact going to, even though she knows who Micah is. Well, I mean, he, even even ignoring the R word, he burnt down her house. Yeah, she absolutely did. destroyed oh, yeah, all of the memories. Fucking with her, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just. Just. Yeah. Just because he was he was fucking with her and just threw her fucking table over. And and destroyed the only thing like left she had of the of the life that that she that she knew and everything. Right. Besides the horse that already stole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which might not actually have been hers. Right. So right. So best best case scenario, like either either you sell the horse or the horse is stabled and it gets sold after you die, or the horse gets shot. Those yeah. are those are three options that happen Ooh. with with that horse. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't just like hang out at camp. Well, I mean, no matter how, all of your horses as Arthur are gone. Like I always have a full stable. Um, but yeah. like the horse at the end of the game, you know, gets shot, mm. and the other ones are just gone. John does not keep your extra horses that's um that's why i always debate if i want to get buell or not because you don't really get enough time to really enjoy buell Who's buell? I, I spend enough time with buell to feel like i definitely had him the veteran's him. horse yeah so there's a um can we get into this can yeah we, like i said we're we're, yeah like, okay so later in the game you run into this uh veteran of the civil war i guess yeah um and uh he is he's a hunter. Um, he has an injury. Is he missing a leg? Yeah, he's missing a leg. Yeah. Um, he has a very... Uh, you actually meet him when he's looking for his very ornery uh, gold... Uh, what kind of horse is this? Uh, it's a Dutch warm blood. Mm. It's a very large, beautiful, yeah. blonde horse. Mm. Just like one of the cooler looking horses in the entire game. Yeah. And uh, the one that I always have Arthur with whenever he is killed. Sorry. What? <laughs> what... What side was the soldier on? Union. Okay. Yeah. The good side. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, the only reason you wouldn't kill him on sight. Yeah. Right. Well, see, I remember the uh, meeting the... Um You're thinking of uh, Jeremiah Compson. Yep. Oh. The... Yeah. 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 Fuck the slave dude. catcher. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that piece of shit. Yeah. I yeah. There were, there's some moral quandaries in the game, but... A cap that dude. <laughs> Mo every other time, um, I just after he, you know, I give him his shit back, and he blah 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 blah. And uh, one of my one of my favorite like declarations of fuck you to the South, you know that that ever that Arthur gives, like 
some uh some uh what was it some histories aren't worth saving and some legacies are for pissing on oh yeah, yeah. some jobs are yeah some, some jobs aren't worth saving and some legacies they are for pissing on yeah. I mean he's crying that I usually uh lasso him and pull him into the fire that's exactly what I did this the last time I went behind him lassoed him. And took him and fed him to a croc. Yeah. A little bit more satisfying. Got to spend a little more time with him. Uh, Does he talk any shit if you have him on the back of the horse? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's same as anybody, same anybody, anybody else does. Yeah. I don't know how much time you spend with people on the back of your horse. Yeah, I um, did a lot of bounty hunting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really... I never do that much bounty hunting with with Arthur. Like, I feel it like... It doesn't make a ton of sense with him. It makes yeah. more sense with John. Right. But, um, but then, like, the jobs dry up so fucking yeah, quick with exactly. John. Yeah, I also uh, just l- I really liked the little just the stories involved with all the bounty missions. It also gave you more time with the horse. That too, yeah. You get yeah, you get honor or not honor, but uh, loyalty. See, by the, I guess it's just how I like. Uh, how I time out like that last chapter, but like the, the mission that last mission with Hamish where you get Buell. Is usually like a day or two before Arthur dies for me. Yeah. Like, I, I usually don't like spend, like, I'll meander a lot in the last chapter and like do a lot of like fishing and stuff and like feel like Arthur probably doesn't want to spend as, wants to spend as much time away from camp as, as he can, yeah. you know, just, right. And just enjoying the little things, but also like things are moving like faster and so like when I get Buell I always feel like I'm like towards the end and always have like the it's either the the king's son or our best selves are where I'm at on like you know like on the mission markers on the on the map so it's like there's not enough time left to really get to enjoy Buell so I usually hold Buell for for John to go and uh and meet meet Hamish and yeah. and get him so he has a good horse until I can uh, afford to go to uh, where you can get Silver Dollar uh, Hosea's horse in the epilogue. Uh, I want to th- I want to say in the Tumbleweed stables. Hmm. Um, get quite a few of the earlier horses later on in the game. But anyway, we getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, yeah, but. Yeah. While we're ahead of ourselves, um, so I went and I was camping out. I did the legendary bearskin thing. Yeah. And then I found the girl with a horse, and I ended up losing the bearskin because I didn't realize that if you went away, you would lose it, and you can't get it back. The legendary ones. You they will automatically be at the... Not the bear. Apparently, it doesn't show up at the bear. Y- did you go to the trapper? Yep. And I looked it up, and apparently, it just the bear just doesn't show up. There's like three of them. Fuck. That's... There's a, wait, there's three legendary bears? No, there's three the legendary skins. That don't show up? Which yeah. ones don't show up? I don't remember. Fuck. That's weird. That is yeah. really weird. So, like, it's only been a night, but I camped out because I was like, okay, well, maybe it's just not there yet. But anyway, some went down, and the land that I was on, these two guys just, like... Hillbillies Tried just came up. Well, I mean, they oh, threatened like they were going ran to. In, you ran into uh, Murphy's. 
Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I let them get a little bit away from the camp and the tra- uh, the tracker because other people were camping just a little bit further down. Like I went and I hunted them down and just like brutally killed them because yeah. I didn't appreciate them. Yeah. No. Yeah. They suck. In most, in most games, I don't really fuck with with multi saving. You know, I'm just like yeah. I'll save. I'll save where where I'm at. Like, um, and it's fucked me a few times. Like it's. In uh, in like Kotor, it's really fucked me not having a, a secondary save to go go back to. But Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Two is absolutely a game where you want to, uh, manually save, especially before you you do like a uh, a major hunting mission or if you're like going after, uh, like if you're about to get into a big fight with like a, a different gang or something like that. Like you like you see like another gang on the map. Or bounty hunters or something, fucking save because you will die and you will lose so much, so much, so much shit. And it's just yeah, I realized that whenever I kept, um, I kept dying because I was having issues with the controller staying charged, and I would plug it up, and then it just kept timing out. But I got so upset with the legendary bear skin, like I. I did the thing. I, I hate took that her back. It disappeared. I that tried does to really suck. Yeah, I tried to reload and then just n- go and take it back first, and then like, just I lost a ton of honor for not picking her up, even though like I tried to go around where I wouldn't hear her, but I still caught her voice. Yeah. And so it was like, I just figured the way I'm playing Arthur, the bearskin isn't mm. as important as saving this woman. Well, I guess that's. Uh that that does suck about the bearskin because honestly the coolest fucking jacket or coat you get in the in the game. Did you make the bearskin fucking uh coat in your playthrough? Uh I don't know if I made the coat. I definitely had the headdress. Yeah, I didn't I never made the headdress. I had the I had the coat and that's what Arthur pretty much always dies in. Mm. Um the bearskin. Damn, it's fine. That Maybe it'll sense. pop up. Maybe it will. I was told Ma- that it doesn't and like some people, re- you know, Reddit's mixed signals. Right, yeah. Plus, like, my manager told me also that the bearskin isn't one of the ones that does. If you... So, I don't know. We'll s- see. So, If you went you to the trapper, it should have been there. Right. It just wasn't there, like, a, like, the same day. And then I rested. When you get a chance... Because I looked it up again, and it was like, it may take a couple of days. Right. Um, for like other skins. Wait a while. Like, wait towards the the end of of uh, chapter two because a lot of things like were reset within a week in game um and then go when you get a chance go to the trapper and if he doesn't have um the bear coat or the hat i think that's the only options you get with just the bear yeah um then no he doesn't have it but if he does then then you're good but does, yeah, that brings. Does the trapper have a name? He's always just. On I, the I think he's just always just the trapper. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think nice. he gives he's you the name because I use subtitles constantly. Oh like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Nolan does not like subtitles. <laughs> I don't. So I guess that brings into question though, because you kind of brought it up a little bit there. Um, how do you play your your Arthur? How do I play my Arthur? Okay, so. I don't know. At first, I was kind of going to be like, oh, well, he's like just a jackass. He's like a bastard. And then like start making him nice. But then eventually I, I just decided like, oh, well, he's going to be nice. But 
if he's gonna like when he's gonna beat the shit out of people, it's gonna be like really bad, really bloody, like kind of torturey. Yeah. I, I he's very gray at the beginning. Yes. Um, I, for instance, like, um, that first real real quandary you have whether or not to uh, kill the uh, the guards for yeah. the train. I had him kill the guards. Yeah. yeah. Same. I um, yeah, tried no to. Satisfying way to do that. I tried to kill them, yeah. and I accidentally pressed the wrong button, and I hadn't saved recent like that recently. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up just shooting one in the head, and like I originally no, I shot him in the shoulder, and one I killed two, and the other one took off, and I just couldn't find them. Yeah. See, like this this uh this playthrough, I guess yesterday. Um, I wanted to to rope all of them and just leave them there and just let them just, like, starve or whatever. But you rope one of them, and the other two run off. Fucking, yeah. So... Pussies. Right. Um, And so, uh, okay, I guess I'll just put you in front of the train tracks and just, like, you know. But then you can't see it, you know, like, the the angle of the, like, of the camera and the cutscene. You don't see the train actually run over the guy and the nice, satisfying, like, yeah. Blood splatter. So, like, your options are basically like, let them run away, or tell them to get on the train, or shoot them all. It's not like that's not really satisfying. Um, what do you do with the with the guy at uh, at Sadie's when you right before you get the horse? The guy who uh, I beat him to death. You beat him to death. Yeah, I think I, I choked him too. Yeah, I, I choked him to death. Yeah, the one who uh, who jumps you. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I don't know, actually. I think I remember I, you beating him. I definitely beat him down. Right, yeah. I don't know yeah. if he died. I think, I remember him being, like, at least unconscious, so I think he died, like, in your playthrough. I don't think they die when you're, I think that's, like, uh, just a contrivance of, like, the game mechanics. I okay. don't think they die, quote-unquote, if you just do no, enough to d- kill them with your fist. Yeah, you like, know yeah, yeah no, they, my dude they definitely they died. Um, yeah, uh, choke, choking kills, but I don't. I don't think that you beat anybody to death just to unconsciousness and yeah, uh, in the yeah. game. Even if it should be that they die, right? From what you've done to them. So, um, did you save John, or did you? Uh, well, yeah, saving John is the next is the next one, right? Do you get a choice? No, I, w- I was thinking of um, of hunting with uh, Charles or going to the O'Driscoll camp. That's your first first choice in mm. the game. Yeah. Um. I, I, uh, I went hunting. Yeah, I think I went hunting with Charles as well. Most I of didn't time even get like asked about the Driscoll camp. You have it's when you go into um, you have the option after you rescue John. You can either go to uh, to Pearson, and, and he'll bitch about the lack of food, or you can go to the boys' uh, fucking room, and uh, and everyone's joning on Micah, and then oh yeah, I saw that. But uh, fucking what's his name walked in and was like, put this to rest, and so I just assumed that was the end of it. Yeah, uh, well, I mean that. But though that's I was never given another quest marker, so I just moved on to Pearson. Okay. Um, well, you had to. You had to have done the, the one where you go to the O'Driscoll camp. 
where you where you get um what's his name fucking uh Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So you went hunting first, though. You went hunting, and then you went to the mm. and fucked fucked them up. Yeah. No, I went Driscoll first. Okay, I did. I did too. Okay. Mm. You know, uh, I just wandered into the room. I yeah. Like see. Yeah. I like that Karen. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Is <laughs> it still on his shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> Literally too soon. Yeah. One. Pretty much. Also, he uh, he doesn't. That was <laughs> like not a good way to <laughs> describe Kieran. Anyway, he's an all right kid. God. Just starting to like him. <laughs> uh, so okay, so we uh, so we go to. No, I don't really. Yeah. So rescue. Well, rescue. Um, we we kidnap uh, Kieran and and bring him back. And we have our uh, first statement of Dutch's um, thesis or ethos or whatever um, through the game. You know, the we save fellers as need saving, feed fellers as need feeding, and shoot fellers as need shooting. Hmm. Um, he sounds like so earnest and like a human in the beginning of the game. Yeah, and uh, I think I think Dutch is the most uh, one of the most interesting uh, characters in this whole whole thing because yeah. Dutch really exemplifies um this this idea that that people are people are who they are and your your positive and negative traits are reflections of of each other yeah be uh because right because dutch is very uh evocative and uh inspiring and he's a great leader right but at the same time because he is able to spin such a fucking yarn because he's so full of his own fucking bullshit he convinces himself of it and mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then he's very easily manipulated because of that right man Micah, you racist fuck. <laughs> there, there is something Dutch says, uh, like right before uh, the uh, prologue ends, where he, like he's looking out at the vista, uh, like on the overlook, mm -hmm. and he's like, "This world does have its consolations." Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, because he, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to I think to tell the people around you. Whenever everybody's pretty much on the same page that yeah we're fucked right now we right need, we need to make money now we need to like get the fuck out of dodge before we all get killed right and uh, he's instead like take a moment to look around you know like the world's beautiful I there is actually um, a song I want to quote before before we're done here I'm not sure I want to do it yet <laughs> but uh, 
it's very gotcha. very very uh, connected to all of the stuff i i honestly think that uh in in a lot of ways dutch is just like the the focal point of this entire series oh for sure yeah, yeah. he's he's the catalyst for all of these events yeah you know he is the father figure to uh our main characters he's you know the the reason everybody got together it's the vanderlind gang you know dutch right. vanderlind um i think in like the conversation with charles that you have while you're hunting really um explains how uh being an outlaw is a very um amorphous um evolving concept because uh you know Charles says uh you know I was born uh my 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 father was a uh native american my mom was a slave or something like opposite, that opposite yeah was the opposite yeah. Okay, yeah and uh most people don't take kindly to you when you when that's the case, right? But you know, Dutch obviously doesn't care because not on on one level he just you know I think he actually believes in the like the the true freedom or the the freedom of uh, like a separation from uh, determined lifestyle based right. on your society. He is instead, you know, the freedom that he defines as one that you take for yourself and that you embody by not being constrained to uh, the the desires of anyone else. Right. As opposed to, like, the freedom we were talking about earlier where it's entirely about property. Although they do s- state the desire to uh, buy some property in the West past Uncle Sam um, whenever they can eke it out. But I think that's just, like consequential thing it's like almost like a consolation for right the, the lack of the actual freedom that they the whole gang embodies like they're doomed from the beginning right they yeah, can't, yeah. Uh, arthur sees it before anybody but they can't continue the way they are well yeah and um not to not to cut you short but i i i think that like in this playthrough i really kind of realized the the doom the doom sets in Earlier than you really expect it to, yeah. um, because the doom is in the decision instead of just continuing to move east. With you know, you've lost the trail of the Pinkertons. Yeah. You know, you can only assume that Dutch is Dutch is right. That no one, no one's followed them through this weather. That if they just keep moving east, they'll lose their trail, and they can make their way back back west to you know to Virgin Virgin Lands and everything. Yeah. And then, upon learning that Comal Driscoll is going to hit a train coming through, that is owned by uh, rail, railroad magnate um, and oil man and uh, sugar dealer. Uh, Leviticus Cornwall. Dutch Great name. Perfect name. Yeah. For that type of character. Absolutely. Honestly. Uh, Dutch decides that he's he's going to hit that. And Hosea, um, being the the rational one of, of the two, um, objects to this. And a question I want to pose to you is, do you think... That um, 
obviously things would have been would have been fine or not have deteriorated so rapidly um had Dutch listened to Hosea. But do you think that someone should have died? Like there should have been another character just for the sake of them having died in that first hit on on Cornwall to cement like just in the back of your mind like oh maybe this wasn't a good idea or do you think we I think it being uh a question is a lot stronger yeah with that part in the narrative that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking too because it's to us it's obviously a poor decision right because they're like foreshadowing like why would you question it unless in the narrative you're going to to you know, right. Attach, attach well, like I said, it's really only in like in these later playthroughs that I even th- I think about the the fact that that's really the point. Yeah. That you can just follow directly through. Um, like you can argue they probably would have if they hadn't like fucked around in uh in horseshoe. They probably could have like laid low there long enough to get away and everything, but you know the Pinkertons were still looking for him and knew roughly where to look. And also, now they've not only like pissed off the like the the bank of of Blackwater or or whatever, or the or the like or the like the local um, elite. Uh, bourgeois of of Blackwater, but also a you know the uh, equivalent of a um, of a Rockefeller or something in yeah. this in this world. So if they had avoided that, how much could they have avoided in the in the interim af- afterwards? So that's you know. I think with Micah still tagging along, he would have found something to fuck it up anyway. Probably. Maybe it would have taken, you know, longer, but... It, I don't know, though, because Micah doesn't really have Dutch's ear until Hosea dies. Yeah, because Hosea is there to be the uh, the the number two. The, right. Uh, yeah. To I don't even remember how Hosea dies, vizier. so... Well, then I won't. Yeah. We won't, we won't, we won't do that. that to you. Um, it's it's sad and it's bullshit. It is sad uh, and bullshit. I think a lot of the deaths are sad and bullshit the way they are in real life. Aren't deaths right. normal? Okay, I was gonna say, aren't they normally? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that's actually also why I'm glad that they don't like sprinkle deaths through the plot like they did in like Game of Thrones, where right. they were just like are giving it significance purely through like the currency of life and death. It's more about just like how narratives actually unfold, and that doesn't always make sense one to one. With like, obviously, people don't always get what they deserve. People don't right. always, you know, see the kind of comeuppance that they they they're wrought in the world. But uh, in terms of like the the main characters, like every every plot point and every character um, uh, trait is really sought. Like and is really like uh, dug in by the end of the plot, yeah, to the point where it defines them and it either redeems or condemns them based on your playing or just the narrative itself. Yeah. But we we do hit the train, and uh, and we and we 
secure our our fate um and the slow decline of of the Vanderlyn gang uh over the next year i guess is it about a year i i'm going to try to pay attention and like really like m- track it out uh and i i guess it really depends but some things seem to be like cemented at different like points but you're also moving across like uh the states well yeah it depends and it's like how much um like how much geography are you really really covering in like in the in the red dead map um did you say you're gonna try and figure out exactly where they are as well yeah well i mean it's it's symbolic right yeah it's, it's representational you know like you could say that there's like all the American biomes inside of right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, um, maybe not like a full-on desert like we have in the Mojave, but close, close to it. You get that more in in the first one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, where you're actually more out west. Yeah, um, and in Mexico. Yeah, which I really would like to be able to go into Mexico. <laughs> Just in just in the, like an exploration section, mm-hmm. like in the uh, epilogue, I would have liked to have. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. What about Gorm? Wasn't that? Gorma. Yeah. That's an island nation. Wasn't it like pretty? Well, I guess it wasn't deserty. No, it was. It's like yeah. tropical. Yeah. yeah, and you really can't do without like hacking and like going like modding and tricking yourself back there. You really can't do anything in Guarma. Yeah, I spent almost no time exploring in Guarma. Yeah. Um, like, I... <laughs> um, I hunted once and then got killed by f- fucking 30, uh, 30 soldiers because I shot a gun. Yeah. And of course, you don't have your guns there s- or your, like, your weapons there, so you can't go bow hunting. You know, so you can't do silent hunting. So you, you know, fucking just look at things to add them to your compendium, and that's as much as you can, much as you can do. But, uh, but yeah, so we uh, rob the rob a train, and and then we we move, and uh, can we talk about um, our introduction to uh, Abigail? And John. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that really, <laughs> uh, really establishes the relationship between uh, Arthur and John very well at the yeah. beginning because that's basically who John is to Arthur throughout the entire uh, narrative. It's just somebody that like needs to be sa- like a younger right. brother, just yeah. somebody who's like constantly in distress, has like a really great opportunity to be happy, but just doesn't see it for himself. Right, and is just so fucking. Yeah, like Dutch says it very well in the in the beginning. He's just like, the man's an idiot. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he's when he's offering, but we also find that John is very brave and that he wants to help. He wants to be a part of of the group. So he has a he has a good heart. He um is just very tenacious. Well, I've, I've, he don't certainly has a Auburn, yeah. has yeah. a good heart. I think in the beginning of the game, his his loyalties. Um, and his heart are more with the gang and like yeah. and with the and with the boys than it is with his commitment to certainly to Jack 
but yeah. also to Abigail. And I think to Arthur, like, Arthur talks about it as, um, as has his animosity towards John being because John left for a year. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't... Now, obviously, Hosea is real dad. Um, yeah. And he doesn't hold that same animosity towards Hosea for having... He doesn't even remember Hosea having having fucked off with uh with his wife or you know common law wife or whatever. Um, doesn't hold that against him at all, but he does hold it against John. So I think that part of it probably stems from Arthur having been in the same situation as John and having lost that and like yeah. it's jealousy, right? It's, yeah, I think. That's one of the great redeeming things about Arthur further on, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. Um, that's just really nice to see. Uh, Abigail is kind of like, the way we see her in the beginning is a lot like she is a sitcom wife. Yeah. Like, oh, John, you're just never acting right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a son together, and you just are always out fucking around getting eaten by wolves. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it. But, uh... We get to see, like, I mean, she's right. She's, like, (laughs) completely, like, morally correct throughout this. I mean, like, maybe not in some of her, uh, like, peccadillos later on or her specific uh, responses to, but, like, in a a conceptual way, she's very correct about, like, how John isn't paying enough attention to what actually matters in his life and has instead (laughs) cast his lot in with a bunch of uh, scoundrels, basically. <sighs> yeah. And uh and then we have our uh our our ride off uh into uh into Valentine and I fucking love probably I think my favorite musical moment and there are so so many great musical moments in this in, in this game, but my favorite moment is the vocal or the vocalized mountain hymn that plays when you come off off the mountain, mm. and the version on like the album has lyrics to that melody, oh. and they're fine, but it's like it's not as like as pretty as the harmonized just ahs and you know like it's just it's so like tranquil and beautiful and it's like it's such a nice such a nice moment um yeah you can really tell the effort they put into like the musical beats being right on point yeah yeah they, they really hit hard with the emotional beats and uh and then you have i i don't know how it could ever come up again because you'd have to have someone else with you to repair the wagon so you have like this like thing of like repairing a wagon that's like Oh yeah. It's like in most games it would be a tutorial, but it's like it's a thing that happens once in the entire game and never happens again. Yeah. You know, which is like really, really there are, interesting. There are a few things like that. Yeah, for sure. Which um, I think really make it feel like you're in the moment whenever those things are happening. Right. Uh, I really like it when games do that. They'll be like, "This is this part of the game." Like, right. this is when yeah. the hot air like balloon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say I like when they're little inconveniences too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it feel immersive. I think this is one of the most lived-in games. Oh, 100%. Like, it feels like all of the characters that you just see around are usually doing something you would 
be doing if right. it were just a person out in the world in, in that place. Yeah. Which well, is like, impressive. I think that, like, honestly, that's just ruined me for s- for pretty much any other, like, modern kind of game that doesn't have this level of open-world immersion. Like, we talked about, like, yeah. uh, playing, like, I played The Last of Us for the first time, um, and I en- enjoyed the story, um, and I loved the like the characters and the drama and everything, but it wasn't that much fun to play through. And a big part of that was it felt small, like it, f- like it felt like, um, like because there there isn't there isn't that ability to like to live in the world and yeah. and breathe in yeah. in the world. Right. I would say that that this game. As as much as it uh, <laughs> has its uh, respiratory issues, is like the opportunity to take a deep <laughs> breath and really get centered in the emotional state and surroundings of the game. Yeah. Whereas in a game like The Last of Us, it's like the setting is happening to you. It's claustrophobic. Right. It's yeah. like you if you're not being just held in by the literal surroundings, the environment you're being choked by the like consequence right. and just situation of the world you live in. Right. But uh yeah, uh and Red Dead is like far more of a like pleasant experience mm-hmm. to play than than Last of Us. Last of Us is like almost masochistic on an it's like Oh yeah, for sure. Of, of intent. Um this is actually another reason why I think you should play Ghost of Tsushima because on the on that level, like on that specific aspect, mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima I think goes even farther than Red Dead does. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's beautiful. more it's more mythologized and it's more like spiritual and esoteric. But it's very much like when you're in the scenery, if you take a moment to just like breathe and like fucking So if so I'm just guessing here, so I haven't played Tsushima, but if uh if Tsushima's on on one side of like of immersion and and the and the world and existing in a thing and Last of Us on is on the other side of like a tight of a tight narrative yeah. that you can really care about. Red Dead would be like in the middle of those I of think those two. I think that it's not as grand of a of a like separation as that. Right. Like Red Dead gets most of what like Tsushima has in that in that aspect. Right. But I guess I'm asking does Tsushima have the narrative thing that will hook me like Red Dead or will I be hooked in the like in the world that I'm occupying? Because both of those things hook me in Red Dead. That's uh, why it's my favorite game. I do love the story in Tsushima mm-hmm. and it does feel like it's character driven and it's very uh, relatable. It's definitely not as poignant to our experience or as... Got you. Yeah. Like okay. as there's not as much to dig into in terms right. of that. In, in our experience. But there are a lot of universal themes that are very, very much like uh powerful. It's if you if you enjoy the way that like samurai movies, like Kurosawa movies. Yeah. Like there's a there's a mode in the game called Kurosawa mode. It's very much that kind of, okay. of narrative. Okay. So if if you like that stuff, a lot of it's just like it's very um if you let it be, it's very slow. And it's very like contemplative, mm-hmm. and like there's a there's even a section of the game where like or a, a mechanic in the game where you write haikus. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you do it by like observing the scenery. Yeah. By the way, w- the mo- maybe the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Like yeah. in terms of you also animation. like you can pray and like d- pray to foxes, see foxes. Uh, you encounter fox. Okay, so like um, your character is um. His mother tells him when he's a child that uh, the uh, uh, Inari spirit mm-hmm. is is his guardian. And so whenever you see a fox, you follow it, and it leads you to a shrine. Oh. And then you pray at the shrine, and it gives you a charm. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And then you get to pet the fox. It's fucking awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll, I'll try that one. Um, but, yeah, so that uh, that basically concludes the, the prologue in first chapter. Not too yeah. much... It was super short. Yeah, like yeah. I like I said, you can you can breeze through it because you don't really have that much, like you can't do any like major hunting yet, like legendary hunting. Yeah. Um, it and just hits you with flavor. It hits you with ambiance. Like yeah. It hits you with this uh, aesthetic like feeling pretty much immediately, and I'm really glad <laughs> they started in winter. Yes. Because. Oh yeah. That means that. Well, we it's May. Yeah, they start in, in yeah. yeah, in a, in a, this uh, weather, it's May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they start in such a, um, like a cold, dark yeah. place that. It forces it to be slow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, it, it really hits you with, this is going to be a narrative experience. Yeah. You're not playing fucking GTA shoot a man. Right. Not, you know what I mean? You're not just like. Running and gunning and fucking. I think that's a bit of a drawback to the original. Um, that, like, it starts with such a mystery and it takes a little bit to unfold of, like, why John is there. What's, yeah, yeah. what's going on that, like. Yeah. You know, whereas this one is, very like. Very comic booky, very. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have a, like. Again, I always. Before this one, I always had a hard time, like, really locking into the story story like in the story rhythm of the of the original original game because it's a while before like you even like find out what john is even even doing there so you've like you're kind of free to put your own interpretation on it but this one is like very much like we're going to start you with a cinematic in this in the cold that's going to tell you what's going on and then you're going to fucking ride a horse at like two miles an hour yeah. In the snow, you know. Yeah, I Forever. also like that because the themes at the end could connect so easily to like a a winter scene. The fact that we begin in yeah. such a cold, desolate uh, place makes it feel that like just because we've it's a completion that, of a cycle. Yeah, yeah. In in a way, and it also doesn't hold on to those tropes of like you know winter being finality and, and right. all that stuff. So it, like. It's it's very strong, I think, uh, aesthetically to begin in winter, mm-hmm. or you know, quote unquote, win- right? Know, winter aesthetic, right? Um, so next week uh, we'll talk about the next episode of Bad Batch, and uh, w- and then we will uh, continue on. Um, imagine we're gonna go. Hunting with Hosea. Um, I guess we'll probably we probably need to figure out. Uh, I like to take where, my time. Yeah, for sure. We'll figure out what 
like a few missions to make sure that we do, and um, that way we don't have to get the whole chapter done each. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way we could we could do the whole chapter uh, yeah, justice, especially once we get to Rhodes and Sandini, and mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, I'm also Beaver working Hollow. like ten hour yeah. days. Yeah, every for single sure. Day. Yeah, so we'll try to keep it to like a few hours of of gameplay each week. Um, and make sure, because, you know, you can do some things out of order. Like, typically, I don't rescue Micah until towards the end of Chapter 2. And I put off going to um, Thomas Downs until I absolutely have to. Mm. Which is really... Why? Because... Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll it's see. It's a real we'll, downer. We'll, we'll talk. Right. <laughs> we'll deal with it later. It's yeah. fine. Um. I. Well. Not even that, but I feel like. Like that is. So here's here's one of the interesting things about. About this whole like setting everything is like, how we define like, morality and and everything, because we have a really, really, like, convenient, cozy ideal of right and wrong in, like, in our modern, you know, walled society with lights and everything. But to to Arthur, or, like, to someone in his situation, there is a clear distinction between, uh, between robbing a bank... And, um, and lending money to someone at interest. Usury, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, usury. Oh um, my God, yeah. Fucking, they say. He, Arthur says specifically, there's something. It's Dutch. Dutch who yeah, says it. it. Dutch who yeah. Says it? yeah, yeah. Like, I I prefer robbing banks, banks to usury. Yeah. Seems yeah. more dignified yeah. somehow. Talking about when you first come to camp. Yeah. Like out of Al- mm-hmm. uh, Valentine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't really uh, don't like that guy. No, Not no. Dutch, whatever his name is. Uh, Strauss. Strauss. Yeah. Ugh. Um you you get your uh come up with Strauss later in the game. It's too it's too late. But too little and too late. Too little and too late, but it is a very satisfying moment later on in the game. Gotcha. Um But I, I think that like to Arthur there's a clear distinction of like of taking advantage of, and even to Dutch at the beginning of, of the game, um, there's a clear distinction between uh, taking advantage of the less fortunate and uh, taking from those who have who have too much because of their the power of the institution that they that they yeah. represent or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I think that Arthur would avoid things like usury and things like doing things for Strauss as much as possible, even if, and I do play Arthur as more of a bastard uh, towards the beginning of the game and, and more of a, of a ruffian. Um, so I tend to avoid those, those things as much as, as much as possible. But that will be uh, next week and we'll get into more of that. And, uh, you know, and the, and the situation of Horseshoe Overlook and Valentine and, uh, the, the Cattletown kind of vibe of the late 
West and uh, and that whole that whole dynamic and what they find themselves walking into as they move towards the uh, towards the eastern uh, edge of the of the frontier and encroach back on uh, society as it develops into the industrial hellhole that we uh, still live in. But anyway, yeah, uh, this has been this has been fun. I've really yeah, been looking. This is, a, this is a nice talk. Um, I'd like to leave you guys with uh, that song. I yes, quote. please. Okay, freedom, oh freedom. That's just some people talking. Your present is walking through this world all alone. Don't your feet get cold in the winter time? The sky, the sky won't snow and the sun won't shine. It's hard to tell the night time from the day. Losing all your highs and lows, ain't it funny how the feeling goes away? Desperado. I never knew the words to that fucking yeah, song. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come down from your fences, open the gate. Uh, it may be raining, but there's a rainbow above you. You better let somebody love you. Let somebody love you. Let somebody love you <laughs> before it's too late. <laughs> what people? <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna keep going? Why don't you come to no, your that's senses? That's the end, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. What people? <laughs> <laughs> don't you draw the queen of diamonds, boy? <laughs> uh. Yeah, no. I, honestly, I think that that song. Hits on the themes of Red Dead Two oh, really sure. hard. Yeah, it's for strange. Sure. I think yeah, th- this is honestly. I think this is it's a it's like a a really it's a consolidated, uh, like masterclass in Western. Like oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ideology, aesthetics, I narratives. I can hardly think. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of westerns because of my dad. Yeah. But like, this is like. One of the best story, if not the best, like Western story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can hard and certainly like in uh, in a modern context. I can't think of of a Western that had this kind of impact. Um, in in decades, like I I think the closest one would be the fucking Erp Wars of the early early nineties. I I what myself am more of a tombstone tombstone uh, fan, but yeah. Wyatt Earp has its has its value. It's yeah. more it's more historically accurate, but that makes it a shittier movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um it's Tombstone's so good. Yeah. Oh, oh it's it's, it's so amazing. Good. Um T B. <laughs> it's it's such a big thing. Uh and experience. we will we will get into the like the dialectic of of Arthur Morgan and Doc Holliday and maybe even John Brown because mm. I I think that those it's like there. that there's a there's a triangulate of of like those three positions of awareness of mortality. Yeah. Um that that come into play. But you know, I think Tombstone would be the last like real Western that really, really mattered or Unforgiven, whichever one came out last. Yeah, the the remake of um, 
for uh, grit. Yeah. That was really good. It was good, but being a remake, it you know, like it's not adding anything new to the it's, I think it's a very different movie than the I mean it's Cone Brothers. So yeah, you know, that's so, true. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I and honestly with it being it it Red Dead Two uses the the fact that it's a game in just the right ways for the story because you know the the curve is a fucking drop off like yeah. towards like the power curve in the game you know it's you you go from you the know ev- gunslinger in, right in the West, to, to to like you make sure you sleep before a mission because the food you have on you isn't going to do shit for you after you eat your first prime rib, you know, yeah. like, um, and so it really serves, serves the narrative in that way, but you get to immerse in the characters more because of the gamifying aspects of it and getting to explore and be this character and interact with things and everything. That even in like the closest thing you could get would be if, uh, in a book, or a, or a serial. There's no way you get a movie could come close to the depth that Red Dead Two has yeah. of narrative. Right. But even in a book, they would have to cut so much. Right. Maybe exactly. Like a trilogy at the very least to get through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that probably wouldn't even hit on. All oh no, because like we talked about before, you could like, <coughs> there's some like, uh, like mission sections in the game. Like you could do just the last two missions of our best selves and their actual Red Dead Redemption mission where you rob the train in San Denis and then have to rescue Abigail and then the end of the game, that whole like thing, that's a Western movie in and of itself. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the the end, the fallout of of an old West gang would be an entire like Clint Eastwood um John Wayne kind of movie. And that's the very tail end of the main narrative of that the game. True. Yeah. And that's not even thinking about like uh you know the derail into Guarma or the shit in roads like there's Each so many a movie. You what? Could do a yeah. movie just about Guarma. Exactly. Yeah. Each yeah. chapter would have to be like at least a season. Exactly. Mm. Um which that'd be cool. But yeah. I know I'd be disappointed with whoever that got the cast Arthur. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'd be disappointed but I'd also be happy just cuz I could like Show it to my dad, you yeah. know. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but we will continue this uh, fun little journey next week. There's a uh, goddamn train. <laughs> no, there's a goddamn train. <laughs> Arthur, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're saying, Dutch, but it sounds like I've heard it all before. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's where we where we leave you this week. So see you next time. And uh, if you guys have anything else to to add to say, ah, <laughs> <laughs> good that's for right you. Right. <laughs>